You are listening to the Passion City Church Podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. This year at Passion 2023 was really special uh, for us for a lot of reasons, and all, all the passions are special. I've been at many of them, and every year you're like, this one was awesome. This one really was awesome. And, uh, but this one was unique for our family because while we were at Passion Dallas, me and Ansley, our oldest turned 10. I know, right? I know. You got, it's hard to believe that I could be the father of a 10-year-old. You're like, this, he looks so young. And um, why did you laugh at that? No, um, but it, it's crazy. Obviously, that's a, that's a big deal. And uh, so, we wanted to, so we got to all be in Dallas together, which was really awesome. Uh, but then we wanted to do something that was special uh, with Anna Jean, because obviously, she's been alive for a whole decade, which is awesome. And hello, we've been parents for a decade. So that's, pretty, that's why my beard is actually gray, if you zoom in a little bit. But, uh, but uh, but we wanted to do something special. And if, you have, if you're in a family with like tons of kids, you just know time with mom, dad, and one kid rarely happens. It's hard to come by. So we said, we're going to go out of town for a couple nights. And we wanted to go somewhere that was really special to us. And I, right after college, I lived in New York City. And that's when me and Ansley started talking. And I used air quotes because a lot of it was over MySpace. <laughs> What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? You guys are all sliding around in DMs like, whoa, you know, you don't even call people anymore. And um, so I'm sorry to insult you right here at the beginning of the talk. This is going to go well, I can tell. But uh, me and Ansley, we were talking, and then right before I moved back, we kind of defined our relationship, you know? Have you, do you have those talks anymore where you're like, what are we? Yeah, we had that in Manhattan, which I thought was a great place to have that talk. Uh, it's top of the world, you know? And so... Um, it was great to bring Anna Jean there. So we went up to Top of the Rock, Rockefeller Center. This is not a paid ad, but I do believe that's the best view of New York. This is for free. Uh, Maggie and Grant is special because you, you got engaged at the Top of the Rock, right? So come on, let's give it up, give it up. Maggie's my sister, and she loves all this attention right now. So in case you didn't know that, she's my sister, and it's awesome. But uh, so we love New York City, so we wanted to take Anna Jean. She's never been to New York City and be like, this is the great big world that's out there. It's amazing. And we just want to hang out with you and spend time with you. So we went to Top of the Rock. We looked around. I could see my old apartment. It's pretty cool. I can see my old apartment from the top of Rockefeller Center, which is pretty awesome. You're like way on the west side of Manhattan, 47th and 10th, Hell's Kitchen. Like that's, that's the apartment. I actually told her that that's where I gave Ansley our first kiss. She's like, oh, gross. You know, like... And I was like, it's true, though. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it was awesome. So we went and got dinner. We're just walking around. It's a typical New York, January, gray, drizzly night. And um, we're walking on 8th Avenue, and we're getting kind of close. Times Square is over here. You know, that's 7th and Broadway, like kind of that area. But we're walking down 8th, and I realized, oh, we're coming up on 47th Street. It's my old street. And so such a dad move. I say, let me take your picture right here because <laughs> this is where I used to live. I used to walk down this street every single day. Like I, would, I just went two more blocks because I was 47th and 10th. And so we took a picture and then I look across the street and I see this diner. There's nothing special about this diner. I don't even know the name of the diner. I would never recommend that you go to this diner. It's, it's, but it was, I, I had this flashback to being 2006 and I was 21 years old, 22. I can't remember now because, you know, the gray beard. And, um, but I was, I was in that and I was processing my life going like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. 
Anybody in that season right now where you're like, I need to go sit at a diner? And literally, I talked to a friend till the sun came up trying to figure out what does God want to do with my life? Is anybody in that season right here? You could, we're all, like, it doesn't matter if you're 22 or 32. I, I, I'm getting closer to 42. I'm not there, but you know, I, I still feel that way in a lot of ways. And I remember being in that place going, where am I going and what am I going to do? And I had these big dreams to see a generation come together and worship God. And I just didn't know, like, how do you do that? Is that a job? That feels like a weird job description. A generation coming together to sing to God. Okay, great. Okay. Um, I had no idea. A family felt like a million miles away. And I just had no idea. And now fast forward, it's 2023. And I'm standing across the street from that very diner where I talked literally till the sun went up. And I, here I am with my beautiful wife and my firstborn, and I've got two other kids. And lit, I, we just are weeks away from two gatherings of 18 to 25-year-olds coming together to sing to God. And for me, this was a moment. Like, I'm having a moment here, and I'm trying to bring you into my moment, but I'm just... And there's been so much that's happened between then and now. There's been a lot of high highs. There's been a lot of low lows. There's been some twists, some turns, a lot of adjusting all along the way. But I was able, I, God gave me one of those big moments where you just go, oh, wow, he's at work. And all these things that I was freaking out about, some of them very warranted, but a lot of them not really, because he had me the whole time. And and I, I love that life is made up of moments. Life is made up of these big moments of clarity. Sometimes they're made up of big moments of hurt and disappointment, diagnosis, things that just totally change us and change our lives. But, but in between those moments are a bunch of million small moments. And all of these are connected and they all matter. And, and we experience like this at, as, our, as a church. You know, if you're students, you just had the rising. That's one of those big moments, and you're about to have winter weekend over the next little bit, and it's going to be monumental for a 7th grader or a 12th grader. Uh, they're going to see Jesus for the first time. They're going to uh, reorder their lives around God because of that moment. But a lot of that's possible because every Wednesday night and all through the week, these people have been hanging out together and living life together. Same with young adults as we get together in a collective, and then all through the month we meet all these little moments. And the same is true in these gatherings on Sundays. And uh, I just, I, I love that. I love that God is, is doing something in big moments, but they're all connected to a million little small moments. Um, the same is true in our relationship with God. That we have like a big catalytic moment of seeing Jesus for who he is, that he is the son of God, that he is risen, that he is Lord, that he offers us life and hope and forgiveness, and we put our faith in him. And then as believers, we're looking to the day where there's this huge moment at the end of the story where God makes everything right again. And all these millions of moments, this life that we have, it's connected to, to these two huge moments in our life where we give our lives to Jesus and when he makes all things new. And all these small moments are connected. I love how we, um, we opened up the five in the beginning of last fall. Ansley was talking. She talked out of John chapter 14. If you have your scripture, we're going to jump right back into that same conversation. This is where Jesus has gathered his disciples. It's at the end of his life. He's in the upper room. He knows he's about to go to the cross to die for our sins. And he says to them, they're going like, tell us where you're going, Jesus. And he says, these famous, this famous verse in uh, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the way that you enter into a relationship with the Father. 
And that's that huge moment for us, that big catalytic moment in life where we go, yes, Jesus, you are the way to be connected into a relationship with God. But as Jesus keeps talking to his disciples, he follows it up by saying, now it matters how you live. So yes, you want to put your faith in me and I am the way to know God. And I will not only show you the way to be in a relationship with God, but I will show you a better way to live. That if you follow me, your life is going to look different. So I want to jump into the conversation in verse 12. And it says this, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Here's here's this verse, it's amazing. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Jesus cares about how you live your life. He says, if you believe in me, you will live like me. Those two are always connected. Now, what Jesus isn't saying is that you have to live like me to be connected to me. He's saying it's the other way around. We don't work for our salvation. We work from our salvation. We work out our salvation. But this salvation is a gift from God. And he says that if you believe in me, your life will show it. If you believe in me on the inside, your life will look like it on the outside. He says, well, what would we do? He says, we will do the works of Jesus. Well, what did he come to do? He came to bring redemption, to bring reconciliation. He, he came to lead people into a relationship with the Father. So what he's saying, this promise is, this isn't just for the the believers that were in this room with him. This is for you and me today as people who believe in Jesus. He says, if you believe in me, you will be about what I am about. And if Jesus is primarily about leading people into a relationship with their heavenly Father, then so should we. This is what we talked about this morning, and I'm so excited about this new collection of talk priorities. And I think just as this little side, this is for free, not part of the message tonight, but you should make it a priority to be in church every Sunday as we walk through this, because this is so important, is how do we aim our lives at the things that Jesus aimed his life at? And then he says this, we will do even greater things. Think about that. We'll do even greater things than Jesus. Do you believe you can do that? I mean, Jesus turned water into wine. I was at a wedding this week. No one did that, (laughs) you know? Uh, Feeding of the 5,000, that was awesome. I mean, I guess Misty did that at Passion, but like, (laughs) it was more. Um, (laughs) but, But... I mean, for real, like you have to read the Bible and stop and think sometimes, like, am I really going to do greater things than Jesus? He, he gave people sight. He raised Lazarus from the dead. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> you feel the tension now, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I absolutely believe that he means that we will have access to the miraculous power of God. No doubt about it in my mind. But if you read this verse, you've got to check out this next phrase. He says, and they will do even greater things than these. Why? 
because I am going to the Father. He knows that he's about to go to the cross to die for the sins of the world and to save the world. And then he's going to rise again, conquering the power of sin and death. And then he's going to ascend to the Father. And what he's telling these guys, he's saying, this has never happened in human history. And this is the greatest thing that's ever been done. You can be forgiven for your sins. And God can live in you. The gospel is the greatest work that's ever been done. That you could be forgiven for your sins and that God could live in you. These guys would have been known. Yeah, God lives at the temple. God lives in the Holy of Holies. His presence lives in the Holy of Holies. And the high priest, only one time a year, has access to that room. And so you're telling us now that you are going to take up residence inside of us? It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. That's the greatest news in all of human history. And Jesus says, you will be a part of this plan. And if you are about my work, which is to lead people to know the Father, you're going to be about this. And you have what it takes in you to do that very thing. And so he says, if you love me, keep my commands. And so Jesus invites us into this process. Being saved is a one-time event and a lifelong process. For a lot of us in church, it's just a one-time event. You went to a camp, you gave your life to Jesus, you came to church, you screwed your light in the light bulb. That was the light bulb wall. If you go to Passion City, you know what that means. But that was it. But God invites us into a lifelong process. I, way, I love the way that the Bible teaches about it, that we have been saved and we are being saved. And there's a future portion to our salvation. Again, when we look to that day where God makes all things new. But there is a moment where we were dead in our sins, that we were enemies of God, separated from him. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we were brought to life. We were brought into the family of God, made to be sons and daughters of God. That moment is crucial. That moment, if you haven't had it, we do pray that you will have it tonight in this place as we've been singing about and preaching about the gospel story of Jesus, that you would embrace that for yourself. That moment is important. But he also invites you into a process of being saved. How does this work? Well, it's like when um, I went to college, I went to the University of South Carolina. Huge fans, a lot of big, big fans here. <laughs> if you don't know, our mascot's a Gamecock. It's a really mean chicken. And... Um, yeah, so that's where I went, and I didn't get into Georgia, so that's why I went to the University of South Carolina. But, um, and I went there, Christian is probably the only one that resonates with me on this, but I went to a free Hooting the Blowfish concert in 10th grade in Columbia, which is where they're from. So Darius Rucker, I have a strong connection to Darius Rucker, and uh, hold my hand. So... Um, <laughs> None of the 20-somethings understand that joke. Um, but anyway, I went to the University of South Carolina. That's where I went. So when I went, you know, my tuition was paid. I got dropped off at the dorm. I became a student of the University of South Carolina, and I am now a Gamecock fan. 
I know nothing about what it means to be a Gamecock fan. I don't know what we do at football games. I don't know anything about it, but I do know this. I am 100% a University of South Carolina Gamecock through and through. I have a t-shirt now. This is my identity. This is who I am. So what they did on the first week of school is they put all the freshmen in a bus. They bus us down to williams Bryce Stadium. They let us out on the football field. The lights are going. They're playing 2001 Space Odyssey because that's our thing. And so uh, they're doing that. Their cheerleaders are lining the, the, the field. And what was great is uh, there was one named Joe Beth who went to my youth group and she said hi to me. And so it made me look really cool to these guys that I'd only known for 24 hours. I'm like, well, he knows a cheerleader. Yes, Joe Beth. Um, so it was really cool. I was really grateful. Thank you, Joe Beth, wherever you are, for saying hi and acknowledging my existence. But so we get in there. They, they get us up into the student section, and then they teach us all the things that you do at the football game. One of the things that we do, I think, is kind of, you know, we're like, all hail King Jesus. Well, we, we all hailed Carolina with a fake cup. Everyone holds a fake cup. Well, some people have a real cup at the football game. <laughs> the, the FCA had a fake cup. No, um, but, uh, but we, 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 would, we would raise a glass to Carolina, and we would sing this song. I don't really remember all the words. This is pre-Sandstorm. Anyway, it was, you learned all the things that we're going to shout this, and then you're going to shout that, and this is what we say. I can't say all these cheers in church. You understand. And, um, but I learned everything about what it meant to be, be a fan of the University of South Carolina. And so here's the thing, and this is, this is the point, is my identity was settled. I'm a USC fan. This is, this is my identity in life now. And then over the, the next year or four years, whatever, I now grew in my identity of who I already was. And the same is true for you and for me as we see that Jesus is the way. And as we begin to walk in the ways of Jesus and embrace his way of life, we begin to grow in our understanding of who he has called us to be and who we are made to be as a son and as a daughter of God. And this spring, at the start of 2023, we want to learn how to walk in the ways of Jesus. We want the ways of Jesus to, to permeate every area of our life. And we want to give ourselves to the work of Jesus. We want to be about what he's about, that aim of, of leading people into a relationship with their father. We want to grow in our relationship with our heavenly father. But I think there's a few types of people in this room. One, we already mentioned this. There are people in this room who don't know God yet. And I do pray that you'll put your faith in him. But if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, I believe there's a couple types of people, a couple categories of people. And, and one is you do believe that Jesus is the way to be in a relationship with God. You just don't know if he is really applicable to your everyday life. I love how Sadie said this in her talk at Passion. She said, I trust you with my eternity, God, but you didn't really go to college, you know? Or maybe for your, your mindset is like, I... Jesus, you got all of the spirituality, like God thing going on, but it's 2023 and your book was written a long time ago. And I don't really know if all the things that was written down in your book really apply to my life in the modern world. I think a lot of us fit in that category in this room. And the thing is, is we haven't let this relationship with God begin to impact all the areas of our life. And so we have a very compartmentalized spirituality. And that's the thing that's actually breaking us on the inside. 
And, and the thing is, is you begin to let other voices begin to shape and form you. And, and we've said it before, but some of you are formed more by the culture than you've been formed by the scripture. And that's because you've compartmentalized your whole life to say, well, Jesus gets this like church side of my life, but he doesn't go to work with me or he doesn't hang out with me or he doesn't uh, get into this relationship with me or he has no place in my finances. And so for you, Jesus is just a piece of your life and he doesn't impact. It, it, but the thing is, is it takes, it takes discipline to walk in the ways of Jesus and it's not easy. And, and so yes, you, you might be like, oh, he's just in this area, but to begin to bring him into some other areas, it, we, we, we know that it would take work, you know, of meeting with God and reading his word and going to church and doing all of these things. And, and, and then the, the pushback would be like, ah, that just feels like a lot of work. But that's what Jesus is saying. If you love me, keep my commands. There is a connection between your love and devotion to me and the way that you live your life. See, we get discipline in every area of culture. I've got some of my friends from, from Capitol here in Nashville. If you know any songwriter, any songwriter who's writing songs, they are disciplined songwriters. Am I right? They just write songs that nobody's ever going to hear, but then they write one that a bunch of people hear. But we get it in arts and entertainment. We get it in sports. I've gotten to know a few basketball players before, and all they do is shoot free throws. Why? Because they do it for that one free throw that matters. Same thing, field goal kickers. What do they do? They kick field goals all day long. We get discipline. We celebrate discipline. We pay people a lot of money for discipline. But when it comes to our spirituality, we say, oh, I'm going to feel it out. And I don't get that. I don't get that. There's other people in this room and you want to walk like Jesus and you know the right way to live. You know what's right. You know, I should spend time with him. I should, um, I should serve at church. I should keep a Sabbath. I should do all these things. But if, if, you, if you get real honest tonight, you just get overwhelmed because you can't do it. And you, it, you've been trying to do it in your own strength. And I just want to say, I feel you. I've, 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 been, I've been in that position where, where you just get so, what, what the enemy sees that and he says, oh, great, you decided to follow Jesus. Okay, cool. Well, you're never going to be like him. <laughs> like, the only person who can live like Jesus is, you know, Jesus, and you're not him. And so you get weighed down by shame because you're, you're trying to walk the road of your perfect savior in your own strength, in your own power. And, and, and I believe that they're, trying to do that is really following a spirit of religion and not being connected into a relationship with Jesus. And the enemy sees that and he tries, uh, he tries everything that he can to weigh you down with shame and with guilt. But Jesus says, help is on the way. Will you say that tonight? Help is on the way. Okay, now let's do it again. Help is on the way. That's right. Let's keep reading in verse 16. Jesus says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's the miracle of miracles. And then skip down to verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says and is inviting you to walk on his path and to walk his way. And he says, I'm going to give you the help you need to do it. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Did you know that if you believe in Jesus, that you have the Holy Spirit in your life? And that's the only way you can live like Jesus. That's why you needed Jesus to begin with. You didn't have him before. But when you put your faith in Jesus, he lives in you. In fact, can we put those verses back up? Verse 16. This is what the Holy Spirit does. I love this. Just let God's word speak to you. Can we do the ones with the underline? Oh, great. Thank you. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to what? To help you. Does anybody need help living out the Christian life? Does anybody need help following Jesus and walking in his ways? The Holy Spirit is the one who will do that. And then he says, and I will be with you forever. He will be with you forever. Think about it. We're living in some of the most lonely days that I could ever remember. Everybody's lonely. Doesn't matter what your relationship status is. If you're single, you're lonely. There are a lot of married people who are lonely. There's a lot of moms and a lot of dads who are very lonely. People at your work are lonely. You're lonely. I can struggle with loneliness. I'm lonely at times. And, and, but, but, and I believe that the enemy is trying to hide this truth from us. Can I put it back up? Because he says that he will be with you forever. And so, yeah. I may be wrestling with not having some friends, and I might be struggling with that. But here's this amazing truth tonight. If you are lonely, hear this, that that God is with you, and you can take those feelings of loneliness to him. Why? Because he's with you. Keep going. Next verse. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Why? Because he lives with you and will be in you. This is the miracle of miracles that the Holy Spirit of God is living in you now. In the last little bit, the next, the next verse is it says that he will teach us all things so that if you don't understand, if you don't, go ahead and put that verse up. I want you to see it in the Bible. So uh, this is verse 26. It says that he will teach you all things. So if you're coming to try and follow the ways of Jesus, you go, I don't get it. Well, you know who will show you? Come on, it's right there. You know the answer. (laughs) Come on, who will show you? The Holy Spirit will show you. And here's the word for somebody, will remind you everything that I have said. Some of you come to church week in and week out, hoping for a new word from God. What do you got for me, God? You give me a new word. And the Holy Spirit gracefully and mercifully is just trying to remind you of what he's already said to you that you haven't done. And he's just there going, come on, you can do it. And I've got what it takes to help you do it. Some of you need to listen to that reminder. Some of you need to pay attention to what he's trying to bring to your mind in the words of God. I love it. A.W. Tozer says it this way. Only the spirit himself can show us what is wrong with us. And only the spirit can prescribe the cure. 
Sometimes you don't even know what's wrong with you. Sometimes you don't even get it, but you know who does get it? The Holy Spirit of God who lives in you because of Jesus. Romans 8, Paul writes all about life with the Spirit. He says this about the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit has the power to change your desires, that you don't desire what the flesh wants anymore, but now you begin to have new desires, desires of the Spirit. I love this. We had one of our kids come at bedtime. Bedtime is when it all goes down at everybody's house. (laughs) <laughs> Any parents in the room believe, you know what I'm saying? Okay, thanks guys. Um, one day you'll know. Um, but here's the thing, and they, and they were so mad at us, and, we, and they were like, I don't even want to do the right thing. And so Ansley really brilliantly said, great, well, get back in your room and pray to God to give you the want to, to want to do the right thing. And maybe that's the prayer you need to be praying tonight. God, I don't want to do the right thing. I know what the right thing is, but would you give me the want to, to want to do the right thing? Psalm 34 says it this way, that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, that he will give us the desires of our heart. Getting a new desire means you got to start delighting in something different. And so you need to start delighting in who God is, finding joy in who God is, finding satisfaction in his goodness and in his kindness. And as you do, I promise and believe that the spirit of God will change the desires inside of you. And what the scripture says is he will give you those desires. In Romans 8, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. He's a life giver. If you're looking for life, the spirit's going to give it. The spirit helps you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Isn't that awesome? Your body is not in control of you. Your addictions are not in control of you. Your attractions are not in control of you. But the spirit of the living God has the power to put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. The spirit now is in control of your life, not your body. Thank you. How do I know that? It's because the spirit is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So if you're going, I can't not do that anymore. I can't go there anymore. I can't look at that anymore. Why not? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. Sure, it may be a process. Sure, it might take time. Sure, you may need some help. But the greatest helper of all, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, is living inside of you. So you do have what it takes to get past that addiction. You have it. If you believe in Jesus, you have the Spirit. And the Spirit brings about our adoption into the family of God. It's the Spirit who testifies that we are God's children. It's His evidence in our life. It's His outworking in our life. When you have the Holy Spirit of God, that's what people see flowing out of you to where they go, wow, that's a son of God. That's a daughter of God. The the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a sign of our salvation. It seals up this work that God has done in us. So in this moment tonight, at the start of 2023, the starting place, and I love it, it's this thread through tonight, the starting place is just surrender to the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. And yeah, if you believe in Jesus, I believe the Bible teaches that you have the Holy Spirit. But I also believe there's a lot of people who have stopped listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit in their life. 
and you're wanting God to do something, but you just haven't been paying attention to what he's already given you and who he's already given you. And so we want to do that tonight. We want to surrender to his leading. And we just want to say simply, Spirit of God, help us live like Jesus. Help us walk like, help us talk like, help us look like Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Is that the kind of prayer you want to pray at the beginning of 2023? I love that prayer because it's not, I have all the answers and here are my great big plans, God. But I'd much rather go, uh, Holy Spirit, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, who was there in the beginning, hovering over the waters, now living in me, you know everything. So do whatever you want to do in my life. Have your way in me. And it's those daily, small moments of surrender to God that lead to the big ones, that lead to the the ones that just ring out with clarity in our life. It's just daily surrendering to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And that's what we want to do tonight. We want to ask the Holy Spirit to bring us into alignment. Have you ever had to go get your cars, uh, the tires aligned? I've had a lot of car issues the last couple months. It's fresh on my brain. Anybody, you know, talking about anybody? You're like, have your way in my car, Lord. I need, <laughs> I need you to have your way. <laughs> I see that hand. Um, if your tires aren't aligned and the tread wears and you just go get new tires, nothing new happens. You just wear out the new tires. If you just change what's going on on the outside, nothing changes. But you have to get under the car and you have to get beneath the surface and you have to structurally change things so that your tires don't wear out. And that's what we want to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to do. For some of us, this may be like all of 2023, maybe this restructuring and reordering process. But I believe this is the starting place for us tonight is to to open your full self up, your mind, body, soul, spirit to him and say, have your way. I just want to end with this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you've been around church, you've been around my mom, you've definitely heard this verse. She says it all the time. She lives by this verse. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Why? Because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our, our thoughts. This one who lives in us, he knows more than we do. So don't lean, don't, you don't have to get it all. And then it says this, in all your ways, submit to him. Or the one I memorized growing up, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And I just wonder, do you ever stop and ask God, what do you want me to do with my money? Some of you make a lot of money. And that's awesome. But have you ever stopped and said, God, what do you, in all your ways, acknowledge him? Okay, God, I, I acknowledge you. I, you've given me money. You've blessed me with resource. And what do you want me to do with it? How do you want me to steward it? What do you, how do you want me to serve it? Have you invited God into your marriage? 
Have you invited God into that relationship to say, God, you know the, the, the tension points, you know the hurts and the pains, and have you invited God into that space, or maybe with your kids, or maybe in your friendships, have you said, God, I've got all these friends, and, and these kind of are awesome, and this one kind of goes sideways, and this one's just giving me a hard time. Have you invited God into that space of that friendship? Or maybe it's your work. God, have you invited God into the office? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what is the promise? He will make your path straight. The way of Jesus is straight because he's walking it with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, yes, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So a big piece of that, Pastor Louis said it today, you got to know what the commands are. So you got to read your Bible. That's how you know what they are. And we're going to do that. We're going to look at what those are over the next couple weeks, over the spring. And we do love you, Jesus. And so we want to keep these commandments. We just need your help. We just need your help. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, Visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church Podcast.